This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Yeah. Yeah, what do you want? Beak or jaws? Feathers or fur? Sharp teeth or feet with claws? Whatever's preferred. They'll grant you all last requests to steady your nerves. Then podcast the body parts get severed and served. Bring your weak shit where the wolf and owler. That ain't just a mistake, that's an awful howler. Both of them are known to pull up at your shows. Have the crowd witnessing the murder like they rolled in with a gang of crows. Fuck the censorship, let them see the whole thing. They stay dressed to kill, never sheep's clothing. Dark enough to turn the sun to the moon, you'll see nothing. All you hear's a huff a puff and Expect killings, red spilling and flesh ripping Impressive in it, the death bringing his head spinning Just kidding, every word in his song's about two grown men Dressed up as a bird and a dog Welcome to Yo, the Wolf Finale. Oh shit, oh shit. Little Watch just fucking stepped in the room. The Wolf Finale podcast up in your ear box. Yo, baby. Yes. Oh. oh man, you look so flexy so? and nice. I think Portugal Rom is my like, if if I had a crush on any version of you, yeah. Portugal Rom would be the version that I. Your beard looks so nice. Really? Do you think so? Yeah. So I got Are you like trimming it every day? No, I haven't trimmed it. Do you know what? By the end of this, it's gonna like because I've not. I'm gonna get my hair cut out of here, bro. Do you know what I mean? So I got it done before I left. Really? Uh, why am I talking like this? I'm talking. I ain't gonna you get it. I ain't like... gonna get it. I ain't gonna cut it. I ain't gonna get it cut. Well, you be living here, that. You're, you're living that like Algarve life. Because I'm just like, you're like yeah. I'm Portugal, that Portugal thing. Yeah. Man, me Portugal's just chill. Yeah, I don't, I ain't got time to get a hair trim. You, your body, it's like your body looks nice as well, boy. Your shoulders look. Right, for the benefit of the Wolf and Owl podcast listeners, I'm just going to tell you why this is, ha- why this absolute fucking tongue lashing that my arsehole's getting from Tommy is happening. And the reason <laughs> is, is that we are, I've had to get up to do this at 7 a.m on holiday and as even as i speak tom's already started distracting himself with some sort of protein shake uh because tom's got some like next level schedule things going on right well i want to shout this out i want to shout this out yeah we talked last night via text you said we might have to leave it or go for friday uh, and th- wow said, <laughs> wow <laughs> incredible i've seen you i've seen you put a spin on things this this time you spun it bent over the table and fucked it up the ass it's so far from what happened right how i recall it is i text you it's like can you do tomorrow lunchtime you were like mate i can't i've got like an inflatable like race across the pool or Mm. something right i can't even fucking freestyle that that's such even bullshit at that simple level it's beyond you. <laughs> right. And then I was like, oh, sweet, sounds fun. I've got a really busy morning. And then you were like, okay, maybe we'll just leave it this week. And I was like, or do one for Friday. And then you were like, yeah, I guess. Um, but like, I've got some serious barbecues to go to. And I've got a... Uh, <laughs> I've got... A, what are those flip-flops with the... Uh, what are they called? The famous flip-flops? Havana's. Have you got a pair? No. What are you wearing flip flop flight? Why is that? Like? I've got a, I've got a couple of things. 
I've got a little pair of Nike Air Max slides. Nice. I've got a pair of Yeezy slides that Lisa thinks are hideous. Oh, mate. Oh, are they the ones you showed me before? I don't think you should. I think maybe I yeah. think you sent me the picture of them before. Yeah. Um, mate, you know what I got recently? Yeah, the Adidas ones where they it's like the front of a trainer and they've cut off the back. Yeah. Is that nice? Mate, I had them when I was like 17. Yeah. For my money, the greatest slider ever mm. made. The greatest mm. half, you know, just beautiful bits of kit. It's like half a Stan Smith. Yeah. Lovely bit of kit, yeah. really. Yeah. And and and, nice. and when you're when you're uh, why are you getting all no, because it's just, I always know that it's like a football team, right? I know that I've hit the post probably three times in this game. <laughs> I'm basically England against Italy. I've had a really fucking, I've come out of the, I've come out to the game, really fucking throwing it in your face. Do you know what? Do and you now know, I know what? there's a good, good chance for the next fucking 90 minutes. I'm going to be absolutely <laughs> smashed to pieces waiting for you to score. <laughs> No, I actually, I actually think those slides sound great. I do think they sound great. Lisa's got some like really drippy, like three stripe Adidas slides. Oh, nice. The difference between Lisa and I is if I buy something, I tell her about it. Yeah. Whereas she doesn't tell me. So then all of a sudden, she's suddenly be wearing this like like this sick thing, whatever trainer shoes, outfit, and I say to her, "I didn't know you got that." She goes, "Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did." She's like, "I'm basically being, I'm basically being clothes gaslit by her." Do you know what I mean? Uh, let me let me just actually break this down as well, brother. Yeah. Let me just shout something out. Okay. The difference between women's fashion and men's fashion. Here we go. Here we go. This incre- no, but go no, but right. My wife can go out right, and she can get a few bits from Zara. She can get some bits. Like Catherine is like so. She she when we go out shopping, right? She'll be able to pick a few bits out, right, and put them together as an outfit, and you'll go, oh my god, like how much have you spent? And she'll be like, well, thirty quid. Yeah. On like loads of nice bits, she, she's so thrifty. You know what I mean? She'll she'll be able to go to someone at Notting Hill, find a little, yeah. you know, go to a couple of little places, find a like a Burberry jacket for next to nothing. She's just like literally one of those people who, but looks good in everything. Yeah, the amount of money as a man you have to spend to com- compete with that is unbelievable. Because if if you buy a lot of stuff, right, and you try, me and you like to look. You know, if if we were just going to wear a white shit t-shirt, pair of jeans, that's fine. Do you know what I mean? You could you could live in a fucking. You know, if you want to try and push the envelope a bit and wear something a bit different, it's so expensive. Well, so expensive. there's a couple of things with that. First of all, you know, I've seen this thing like thrift thrifting is great if you fall within the normal sort of boundaries of what humans should look like. You know, because somebody like Catherine. And somebody like Lisa, they can go and pick up something and they go, oh, look, I just sort of picked it up in a thing and it's like hardly anything. And then I go and do that. And, and, and it's yeah. somebody that hasn't got a combination overhand gut and flat as a pancake ass. And for some reason, the thing that I bought for, for a quid in the shop that somebody else once wore and, and must have just rejected for no good reason and now it looks amazing on me. That doesn't happen to me, right? If I buy something for a quid, it looks like I've probably bought yeah. it for fucking 25 so, Somebody goes, It looks like I've been ripped yeah, off. Somebody would go, fucking hell, they've done you there, mate. Saw you coming, <laughs> right? And, and the other thing is, white T-shirt and jeans. On, on some people, that you've just described an incredible outfit. I mean, that's like, like you know, uh, the, the Lisa... No, Lisa, Lisa white Lisa, T-shirt... Lisa, go on. White t-shirt jeans looks incredible on Rio Ferdinand or Jamie Redknapp or David Beckham. Correct. And and Lisa Lisa will do something where Lisa's listen, the Swan is a very supportive woman. 
But that doesn't prevent her from seeing somebody like a Rio Ferdinand or a Jamie Redknapp or a David Beckham in a white T-shirt and jeans and go, wow. And that's just in a very basic T-shirt, white T-shirt and jeans. He just knows how to pull it off. He doesn't know how to pull it off, Lisa. He looks fucking incredible. He looks like Michelangelo's David, except for the small dick, right? So, I've, got so to say, I've got to say, I think Rio Ferdinand, I think now, I think is, is the almost the closed horse of all closed horses. Okay, okay. He's this incredible. Is, this is no, classic. What? This is classic. Absolute textbook Tom Davis understatement, right? We've talked about clothes a lot on this show. We've talked about yeah. appearance a lot on this show. We talked for about 45 minutes about how you're modelling your whole look on Kevin Hart for some inexplicable reason, right? And now, because we've started talking about... This is like last week where you said that the, your ultimate dream guest would be an ex-monk because we just happened to start talking about a monk. And now, because we... This, this <laughs> I might haven't be the, thought about this, monks this, since. This, this, might, this might be the first time you fucking said the words Rio Ferdinand on this podcast. And now, after all of the times we talked about clothes... Do you know what I mean? And now you're saying he's the old, he's a, he's a, not not just a clothes horse, the clothes horse is clothes horse or something. What is it you said? <laughs> I said the ultimate clothes horse. Right. Let, okay. let me just let me just say, during the Euros, there was not one drop ball from Rio Ferdinand. He 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 was wearing different kinds of like he basically, do you know, he designed a different kind of shirt, like with a, the collar is thinner than other collars. It was fucking lovely, man. Just really good cuts. Very. Yeah, what I heard someone say about Rio is that all of his clothes have got very clean lines. And then actually, now, I didn't know what that meant until I looked at him and went, oh, actually, yeah, yeah. What does it mean? What does it mean? Because well, somebody, the... somebody said it's got clean lines, and then you went, I don't know what that means. And then you looked at Rio Ferdinand, and now you know what it means. So I'd, I'd, love, yeah. to, I'd love to know what your definition is. Right. Somebody said to you, what's you clean at, lines? If you look, you can see the, like, sometimes, right? Say sometimes you'll wear a jacket and a T-shirt, right? I'd love to not be involved in this example of what clean lines isn't. But <laughs> right, on. right. For me or you could wear like a jacket and a T-shirt. And so what happens tragic that you is, <laughs> is that like the T-shirt the fades into the jacket or the jacket fades into the T-shirt, right? That can happen sometimes, right? Or you'll wear, I've seen you quite a few times, you'll wear a jumper and a pair of jeans, even if they're different colours. I've seen you wear a jumper and jeans where they're a similar colour, right? But even when they're different com- colours, They'll sort of fade into. Is this each about other. what? Is this about Rio Ferdinand being a good dresser or me being a shit one? I can't figure it out. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying me or you. I've done the same thing, right? No, but you said Where's, me or you at the beginning, and then all of the examples you've given are of when you've seen me. <laughs> no, I'm saying it's both of us. Right, I've done the same thing. Right, I've done the same thing. What do you mean fade just, into? Like, what do you mean fade into? Because so even though the colours are different, right? Yeah, you, they don't look. There's, there's like, like, imagine if you draw a picture, right? Yeah. Sometimes we look like we've drawn, our clothes are drawn in quite a faint pencil, right? Whereas Rare Ferdinand, if you, and Jamie, and David Beckham, and quite a lot of these cool guys, right? It looks, you can see that it's been like in a really, really like a Sharpie. All of the, all the, everything's clean, really like distinguished lines. And what, what is it about Rio Ferdinand that means that his clothes don't look like they're melting into one thing like mine do? <laughs> Both of ours do. Right. Right. It's just the way he, he. I think he has an eye for things. I think he's got a gift. I think he's gifted. Okay. I saw him once in a parka, a t-shirt, and a pair of jeans, and I was like, "Oh my god, wow!" Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot. To, a lot. There's a lot to be worried about for Rio Ferdinand there, based on the back of that story. <laughs> um, I'm just looking up clean lines in clothing because what you said makes absolutely no sense. 
I can't. It's, it's fucking showing me how to fucking dry clean your clothes there now. Do uh, you have your clothes dry cleaned? No. Neither do I. I've got a friend who has everything dry cleaned. Here we go. What does clean lines... Oh, no. Clean line. What does clean lines mean in clothing? It means your lines are smooth, crisp, and have little disturbance or blending between them and the surrounding surfaces and colour. Oh, by the way, just as I'm reading this, I have never seen a more vomit-inducing face on Tom Davis in my <laughs> life. The fucking, I wish we had a, like some sort of smugness indicator on this. Um, clean line also suggests minimalism or a reduction in decoration and clutter in favour of a sleek, functional design. This is that's um, the thing. Me and you are very cluttered. Look at what yeah. I'm wearing right now. It's very cluttered. What are you talking about? You're wearing a, you're wearing a t-shirt, a camouflage yeah. t-shirt. Yeah, but Rio will wear it better. Is what I'm saying. And Rio and Jamie and David. Yeah. I think what you I think you're mistaking clean lines for abs. I've got to be honest with you. <laughs> How have you been? Have you gone to the beach at all? Yeah, I've been to the beach, yeah. Are you, are you like top off at the beach or? So in the past, I have been very much top on the whole time, except for the, and even, this is really sad, but but actually based on sort of my levels of, 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 of body issues, I, I have been known to go into the sea with my T-shirt still on. And then, and then come out as if I think that's masked it. And you've actually got a T-shirt clinging to every fucking curve <laughs> of your body. <laughs> Just, if anything, accentuating your fatness more. That, that, that sort of I've illusion. That. horrible. That illusion. That a wet, that, that's the whole reason they have wet T-shirt contests. I know. And then for Wait. some reason, you think if you go with a T-shirt, everyone will go, oh, that guy's fucking cool. He's just ruined a T-shirt <laughs> for one dip in the sea. When I was 19, I went to Felerac. And I remember, like, uh, everyone sort of, like, doing, like, sort of skinny dipping, like, a group yeah. of people. It's like, oh, we're all going to run in the sea. Everyone's taking off their clothes and boxer shorts underwear. And I remember being in my underpants and a Ralph Lauren polo shirt. And everyone gets his tape polo shirt off. I was at my fattest, maybe. I, you know what? I didn't think I looked that bad. I mean, I was very conscious of it at the time. Someone sent me a picture of how I looked back then. And I looked at it and thought, oh, my God. Like, I was so overweight. Mm. I lived off a diet of beer and McDonald's and, you know, Burger King and shit. I yeah. was so fucking... I ate three meals a day at fast food restaurants whenever I used to go abroad. Yeah, but, I mean, you're on holiday, aren't you? I don't, I don't really know... Come on. I don't re- yeah. I don't really know how much I want to condemn that, if it, at all, because I just think you're on holiday. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, but even even not even as a if you t- if, you t- if you told me... to try if you- any other food... Yeah, but I, yeah, I get all of that, but but you're listen. I understand, I understand. People go, oh, you need to try the food from the country you're visiting, and blah blah. blah. But you're on holiday, Tom. If you want, if you thing, if you want junk food three times a day, have junk food three times a day. If, I'll be honest with you. If you tell me you were doing that at home all the time, I would have a word with you, and you know, yeah. I would say like you can't do. It. But on holiday, fucking whatever. I think now as well. Just when I was out in Crete recently. I was yeah. like, we actually have better Greek restaurants back in England than this one. Well, this is a very dangerous thing you're saying here. Okay, but go on. No, don't you think that sometimes you go into places and think, mm, actually, they make more of an effort with like the food and stuff in the Greek restaurant that I've been to in town? Well, it, it's a very complicated issue you've broached there, Tom. There's a number of issues there. Let's unpack them together, shall we? Uh, yes. So, first of all, you're, 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 well, you're comparing... You're comparing 
a Greek restaurant in London with like this Greek taverna that you're that you're finding anywhere on holiday, right? So you know, there, there might you, you you might not be talking about equal experiences here. You might be comparing quite a posh Greek restaurant. No, 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 no. Like... But this is the we were told this is the best restaurant that you could go okay. to. Okay. So what was your issue with? Talk me through this restaurant. What was your issue with it? I, I just found that. I found the people actually when we were leaving. Were really, this is actually what one of the problems. I had. Why? When why I was li- are you just just so I know? Why are you lent back like you're discussing a piece <laughs> of foreign literature on BBC Two right now? <laughs> I just, I just, I think I've just it's just hit me how hard my workout was this morning. Okay. Good. Um, well, uh, luckily, you got another one in a minute. <laughs> um, no, we went to this place. Right throughout the meal, they were okay. They weren't too bad. At the end of it, they were really, really, really friendly. So it was like, if we treat them, if we don't really bother about them, but then they might come back and we're really nice to them right at the end of the meal. So that's the last thing they remember. So they weren't, they, just, they weren't, they weren't nice to you? Well, they weren't not nice. They just didn't pay us any attention. There was no sort of real like customer service. Was it was right at the end of the meal. Was it busy? It was really full on. Not really. I'd say, I'd say they were running at 50 to 70% max, uh, like cover. What a weird thing there. to calculate while you're with Catherine. Just sit there watching you like fucking. <laughs> like Rain Man. <laughs> Um, okay, because I tell you why I asked that question is because we were in a restaurant the other night and the service was shocking. Right. Like it took ages to get anything, right? And Lisa is, I have to say, the swan is very zen about these things to a point. If the kids are starting to get knackered and we've got to leave and they're taking ages, she gets a bit fucked off. But generally speaking, she's pretty zen about it. Anyway, the other day we were at this restaurant and um, the boys got, oh God, it's fucking. This thing was like designed for them. The, the dessert at this restaurant is a Nutella pizza. Oof, lovely. They used to do a Ninja Turtle one of those back in the day. They did, mate, mate, they did. I thought, yeah. I was, I thought I'd made this up. You're the first no, no, person no, 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 that's no. ever mentioned this. Asda used to sell it when we were kids. Yeah, with marshmallows on, right? Yeah, yeah, marshmallows and chocolate. Uh, oh, tell, my yeah. God, Tom. I had it for just... my birthday one year, and it blew me away. Just you sat in a room on your own with this pizza. You know, the saddest thing, Ramesh, oh, is yes, no, apart from if you add my don't, sister. Don't, 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 don't. And I think from what I remember, my friend Rob Johnson might have been there. Okay. Yeah, again, a completely unnecessary name. <laughs> uh, shout out Rob Johnson. Yeah, um, big, up, big up Rob Johnson. Hope you enjoyed your slice of pizza. <laughs> anyway. Li- li- the saddest thing as well, you probably only had a slice and I gouged <laughs> down the rest. I remember once, I, uh, when I was a kid, do you remember when Pizza Hut first arrived in this country? yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, there's the advert. I've seen. I've since seen on TikTok how they do this on the adverts. But they pull the slice out and the strings of cheese and everything. Yeah. And before that, you'd only ever had the little sort of tiny round cheese and tomato yeah, yeah. just discs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other one baked ones. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, it was incredible. I remember my mum for a treat. I had a mate round, and this mate, I was a bit. Oh god, this is. Anyway, I've just remembered how horrible I was to this kid. Anyway, so he came round, and. We ordered pizza, delivery pizza or takeaway pizza. I don't think they did. I don't think they even did delivery then, right? Yeah, they've been picked up then, mate. Pizza arrived. He went in. Now, as an adult, I don't know how I feel about this, but as a kid, I remember being absolutely offended by it. He went in to to, to get his bit of pizza, and he just fucking took three slices out of the thing straight what? What straight off the bat. Now, yeah, yeah, I don't know how you feel about that, Tom. I think yeah. that's unacceptable behaviour. I think that's unacceptable now, mate. If I'm honest with you. Okay, good. I'm glad you said that. I did, I just didn't know if because you know I respect your I respect your food etiquette 
rules. I, I really do. Mate, but, I think that if I was out with someone, I would, yeah, that, that's a deal breaker. I've got actually someone I know, I won't name this guy, and he'd do that. Me and my wife, he's gluttonous as heck. Mm. You know what I mean? And me and my wife would be like, all right, okay. He's, he's, I've seen him do that sort of thing. I've seen him low, I've seen like someone put out 50 wings and him take 25. Yeah. You know, these sort, sort of people that as they're eating, that as they're eating something, and I've been guilty of this in the past, I'm not going to lie to you. As they're eating something, they're thinking about how they're going to get the next one of those things they're eating. Yeah, but I, I think about that all the time. But what I do is I then go, I'll have one bit of pizza, then I'll get the next bit of pizza. Yeah, and also, I would never take yeah. three. And also, the other thing is, I'm like a goldfish, right? If you put enough food, if you put enough food in front of me to kill me, I will finish it, right? So yeah. what, what you've got to do is you've got to hope that other people taking the food will fucking restrict you. If a pizza arrives, I'm going to take one yeah. slice and yeah. hope for my own survival and ongoing health that people take the other slices because if they don't if everybody else goes i don't want a piece i will one by one you know, this every slice of, of that of fucking pizza. this happened at league of the Rome, by the way with me <laughs> Go, what happened? it happened that, that we were sitting there uh, after league of their own only <laughs> what a month ago and someone brought in this massive big lovely pizza right yeah i i sat there and had a slice of it right yeah. And then was like, oh, this is an amazing, amazing pizza. Look round, Freddie, Jamie, yourself, Macy, Adam, Laura was none. No one else was eating it. By the by, the time I'd sort of clocked the fact that I'd was the only one eating a pizza, I'd eaten nearly half of it. Right, Laura Woods, big shout out, Laura Woods, had (laughs) eaten half a piece of pizza and put it on the side to wait. Yeah, while she had a drink and chatted for a little while. I saw this pizza on the side. I thought that it was just sort of like, I didn't realise someone had eaten half of it and then I started eating it. And then her agent went, that was Laura's piece of pizza. Yeah. <laughs> but even then, I was like... I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know who's in the wrong there worse. Because yeah. you've seen a slice of pizza and you've eaten it. I don't know anybody apart from Laura Woods that has put down a slice of pizza while in the middle of eating it. You, you yeah, but eat- also she'd nibbled it like a mouse. You couldn't even see anyone had eaten any of it. Really? I don't even know if she had eaten any of it, but yeah, it was pretty fucking full on. I've got to say, when do you remember when Pizza Hut first opened? Yeah. Like, well, you just said, yeah, of course you do, because you just mentioned it. I remember my mum and dad quite clearly. I remember staying at my granddad's flat with my sister and my mum and dad going to Pizza Hut for their date night. But he saw Pizza Hut as like this really like exotic place to go. With. Well, it, it took a while. It took a while to realise that Pizza Hut wasn't actually like a a restaurant. Oh, restaurant. Man. Do you know what I mean? I remember t- I took a girl there on Valentine's Day once. How old were you doing? Fourteen. I want to say fourteen. Oh, Is that sad or cute? No, that's or... pretty alright for fourteen. Mm. I think that's quite cute, mate. I used, do you remember they used to do the all you can eat buffet? Yeah. They're like unlimited pizza, pasta. Yeah, I used to love the salad. Foods. You know the salads oh, with the croutons the and then the Thousand yeah, Island the, and all that shit. Yeah, people. Yeah, because you're like me. We didn't, I didn't ever have a lettuce leaf in there. When people said, oh, what, <laughs> I, "I'm going to go to the salad up," but the salad bar with croutons, bacon bits, yeah, sweet uh, corn, like little layer yeah, of sweet ranch corn, ranch dressing, yeah, <laughs> ranch so much dressing. ranch dressing. It was essentially like <laughs> making kind of a salad-based porridge. <laughs> but also, it wasn't sad. It was more unhealthy than the pizza. It was just ladled with mayonnaise and deep fried fucking bread. I know. And then you, and then you say stuff like, oh, like, love the salad bar. Like, yeah, it was it was, salad bar like, oh. just like <laughs> the lettuce looking like fucking me or you on a fucking dance floor in 1998, just looking for anyone to take us. <laughs> Leg old bit of lettuce. 
I used to sit going there at 12 when it opened, right, mm. with my mate Frank. And we'd sit there till it used to close at three. They'd shut, shut the or you could eat buffet. And I'd sit there for those hours. And I sometimes, at about half one, two o'clock, go for a go for a poo just to clear myself out so I could keep eating. <laughs> I'd paid the four ninety nine or whatever it was. Yeah. Like I was literally going to get everything. It went up, I could didn't it go up to five ninety nine at one point? Later yeah, on, yeah that's it? when they put ice creams on the menu too. Yeah, mm, mm. and I think then they actually kept it five ninety nine, but you had to pay a surplus if you were going to eat all you can ice cream. I used, to, I, the... I used to be so gutted when I turn up there because it was a fucking great lunch. A Pizza Hut buffet was a great oh. lunch, right? I remember yeah. getting. I remember a couple of times being really gutted when I turn up. You know, sometimes you don't know what your eating form's going to be like. Like you sort of think, I feel hungry, right? And then you yeah, move yeah, midway yeah. through a slice, and you think, Oh God, I think I've done. I think I've done my beans here. And, and then yeah. you just think, Oh my God, no, no, no. Because then what happens is, I don't know if anybody else has this, but later on, I would be hungry later on that day, and I'd think back to the stuff that I left on the plate because I was full up at Pizza Hut buffet and really be upset with myself. Just sort of thinking, if you had that, if you had that now, you fucking short-sighted arsehole, you, you could be, you could, you could be full. You know what, though, Robbie? You left a half a slice of pizza, you wanker. That's so you funny. could have taken it with you. That's what I realised. I think about mean? six to eight months, and you could fill your plate up at the end, yeah. and then turn around and said, "Oh, can I take this with me?" Shut up. And yes, I swear. And then they put it into a box, and you could take it. Did you do that? Of course I did. As soon as I realised you could do it, I did it every time. I never knew you I'd, could do that. I'd wait till probably three minutes to three. Right, and I could you could see then you're you're dancing a bit. Dance okay, this is where I this is where I was about to say I can spot a, a floor in this for pizza, and now I know you're about to tell me that you you absolutely exploited that floor to the max. So go on, yeah, of course. Yeah. So you walk up and you to the basically max. Up and, well, yeah, the rubbish. I'd walk over and go, "Excuse me, sir, um, are you putting out any more pizzas?" And the guy would look at his watch. It'd be like five to three, three to three, whatever. And if you asked before three o'clock, they were legally bound to keep feeding you to three o'clock, right? So what he had to do is they're basically... Not, they're not they, legally bound to do anything. Well, it was in the offer. I would have... Okay, fine. I, I basically... I'd have kicked her. I'd have said, get the manager because I've paid to be here to three to eat all I want and I haven't eaten yeah. all I want. And they've yet. gone, well, well, right. well, well, it's not in the spirit of the buffet. What you've done is you've turned up here at, at the very start of it. We know you've taken a little empty yourself out turnout <laughs> midway through. We've still got somebody <laughs> dealing with that now. And now you're coming and asking for extra pizzas at five to three. <laughs> Right, so you go like that, right? And then the guy would always, his shoulders would slump. He'd go to the kitchen. You'd often hear the chef and him, you know, and then he'd come out with two steaming, lovely pizzas, right? Wallop, kick, bosh. You put those on your plate. You literally sit there, probably like eat one bit of, you know, your Laura Woods one bit of pizza, right? And then you turn around to him and go, sorry, sir, my eyes have been too big for my belly. Is there any way I could take this with me? He would then go and get a box. You put everything, yeah. yeah I mean, I, 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 I understand. I understand the rest of it. You, you don't have to go through all of this. Then you get up, <laughs> then you walk out the restaurant, and when you go home, but also you look cool. You, later you look on, cool because... later on, you might be hungry. You get the box out, you open a box, wallop. You got some of the pizza there from the restaurant earlier. Also, you look cool because you're leaving Pizza Hut with a takeaway pizza, and people go, "Oh, fucking, that's a all-you-can-eat buffet." But he's brought himself a pizza. Oh, right, you look like you're sort of bougie. Yeah, like you're a big roller. And you've rocked up there and you've ignored the offer yeah. and just fucking... Um, I, I, that takes a lot of fucking gumption to do that. Yeah, man. That takes Same a lot of... Egg. Yeah. Mm, that takes a lot of, I don't give a shit what you think about me. 
kind of. Yeah. And also, I that feels like it only would pay. work. That would only work once at each Pizza Hut. Did you do a tour of the Pizza Hut? No, 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 no. no. I'd always use the same three: Croydon, Sutton, Kingston. Okay, there you go. The, the golden yeah. triangle of Tom's crimes. <laughs> Just once and every, it, you know, once every three days, one Pizza Hut is massively down on the take. I, then I found out you could order whatever pizza you wanted as well. Everyone used to think it was like a fucking. No, you like, can't. I, you couldn't. You could, mate. You used to be able to go up and go, oh, I've noticed that there hasn't been a ham and pineapple that's come out. Or there hasn't been a yeah, meatball. Ham and pineapple's one of the standard ones they bring out. You can't suddenly start, for, oh, can I, have a, can I have a create your own? <laughs> no, you can't say create your own. Right. But you can create your own, wouldn't you? Because you've got sweet corn, you've got a lot of the old flavourings anyway oh, at the salad bar. Yeah, okay. There's an art form to this shit. Yeah. Anyway, what were we talking about? We are talking about your Greek restaurant on holiday. Well, no, we are talking about you on the beach. I think. Oh my God, this is fucking digressed. <laughs> God, old James Torrance, the editor, is going to have a nightmare with this one, isn't he? I imagine none of this will make it. That was your. We'll often get a message from him going, that was your fifth digression from the initial topic. <laughs> anyway, so normally I wear my t shirt or whatever, you know, blah, blah. This year, yeah. I've thought, fuck it. I'm going to like just whatever. Go for my, it, my body's my body. And actually, slightly inspired, Tom, if I'm being honest with you, from your, by your beautiful picture. From your holiday you, that you posted on Instagram. Yeah. I really, yeah, I actually, yeah. I know you did it. I don't know why you did it. Like, I don't know if you did it for a joke or whatever. I actually think this sounds a bit noble and wanky now, I realise that. I actually thought it was quite a very cool, I think it was a cool thing to do, to put that picture up. I just think, if genuinely, if I'm honest, all I ever, all you, every, my Instagram was full of like very ripped, very, very, very fucking amazing looking people on holiday. Uh, with their tops off, or yeah. you know, you know, posing or whatever, guys ripped and, and tanned. And I thought, um, you know what? It's most people don't look like that. So I'm just going to do liberate this shit and put a picture up of a. I was sunburnt very badly in that picture. I mm. managed to conceal it quite nicely with. Uh, but if you look close enough, you see I'm sunburnt under my armpits for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man. If I've helped one one of my G's out, and that's you being that G, then <laughs> I guess I've done my job. Okay, this is why I don't like saying things like this to you. Um, but yeah, so I've basically been, I've had my top off. And it turns out nobody gives a shit because nobody's looking at you, Romesh, you fucking God complex having arsehole. But yeah, so I've been doing that. I had a bit of a humiliating experience, actually. The, the oh, day. no. What, what's, your, what's your swimming like? How good are you at swimming? Uh, I'm actually a pretty amazing swimmer. Okay. He says that he sips a... <sighs> takes a little glug of water like he's just done a funny joke on Mock the Week. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I am a good swimmer. All right. Uh, it's one of, it was one of the few sports I was good at, but then obviously didn't have a swimming pool, so I couldn't, yeah, like, smash it as much as I wanted to. Sorry, are you suggesting what? that you would have been Adam Peter if you'd had a pool at your house? <laughs> I don't think I'd have been Adam. You know, mate, I, we don't know. I think I probably. I think the one thing that I look back at in my life and go, "Oh, that's probably so." When I was watching the Olympics, I thought I'd have actually beaten quite a lot of these people if I'd focused a bit more at swimming. Oh, God, <laughs> such a... <laughs> no, like such an incredibly insulting thing to say. <laughs> no, swimming wasn't that cool when I was. You know, it's not that cool growing... now. <laughs> no, but like but Adam swimming... Peters made it cooler. Adam Peaty is cool, right? Yeah. I'll yeah. give you that. Uh, and he's a machine. But yeah. swimming isn't cool. You <laughs> yeah, know that, right? 
It was less know, listen, we were before you message in, yes, I know being able to save your own life in open water is a cool thing to be able to do. Yes, I understand that and blah, blah, blah. But swimming is not cool, is it? Right. Let me tell you something about and I didn't want to show off while I was here today, because that's not me. I swam a mile front crawl when I was like thirteen. Um the fact that you think that that's a brag is incredible to me. <laughs> so you swam a mile when you're thirteen. Why? Because you're on a school cool, trip to... and some of the kids push you off the boat. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you, you had to do the mile badge, didn't you? The different badges, like okay. yeah, for right. swimming club. Okay, fine. Right? For swimming club. And so you, yeah. you, so a number of children got this. Mar- it's, it's, a, it's so it's so commonly done. There's a badge for it. And the right. way you, the way you've just, the way you just said that, the way you just said that, like you fucking saved someone's life by swimming a mile through the water. Yeah, and and you did right. it to get a fucking badge. That, I assume you got you got your mum to stitch onto your swimming trunks. <laughs> yeah, of course I did. I got all my swimming badges on my swimming trunks. And then when I went on holiday, when I was like, yeah, in my early teens, or like eleven or twelve, I'd fucking wear those trunks around the hotel pool. What? Why the fuck? Did we? Did any of us think it was cool to? Uh, 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 this this badges on the swimming trunks. They make the swimming trunks a lot less comfortable because you've got this sort of really <laughs> sort of hard, firm badge on what's supposed to be a flexible and garment. And it's just like you've literally you end up like you, there's two places you can put it with, before it gets awkward. Either side of your dick, yeah. Right? Either exactly side of your right. privates, exactly right? right. That's, there's there's two little places with two little yeah. badges. Before you know it, you've got one over your pecker, yeah. and then you've got one on each cheek of your ass. Yeah. And then it's like, you know what we should have done? It's got them on a towel. Mm. Absolutely. Or just kept them at home in a drawer. How about that? Did you, I remember like really berating my mum and just being, please, 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 can you just put, like, get those sewn onto my trunks? But most kids did like breaststroke or backstroke or whatever, or they mixed it up. My, my I remember mate. the teacher just shouting out, Tom Davis has done a mile front crawl. All right, yeah, okay. Don't you, fucking hell. I remember Mr. Bath, yeah. as I came out of the came out of the pool. Mr. Bath? Like, yeah. You're taking the piss in, yeah? <laughs> just like, right, putting the towel around my shoulders and sort of like drying my shoulders and going, well done, son, well done. Okay, so one of your teachers is in a nonce. <laughs> no, he was a... <laughs> I didn't even name him. <laughs> He was a sweet, sweet soul, man. He was a good guy. If, if I, if 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 I, if my kids came home and said <laughs> that they'd had a swimming lesson, and their teacher had put this towel on their shoulders and gone, "Well done, sweet, sweet boy," or whatever, I'd be fucking right down that school with a police officer. <laughs> no, and I'm so not, no, listen. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's bad at the time, but what I'm saying is we've become a lot more hypersensitive to things like that, haven't yeah. we? Yeah. He no, but he wasn't like he did. It. He just literally put the towel on my shoulders and then just yeah. rubbed my shoulders with the towel. Well yeah. done, boy. Well done. Yeah. See, that's awful. <laughs> now, <laughs> you know that, right? Like that, I'm not saying as in all seriousness. I'm not saying that Mr. Bath was really like a a, a, a sex offender or anything like that. No. If anything, he was quite an aggr- he What it was was he was very quite an aggressive lover. <laughs> no, he was. No, he, I think I, I think I've shocked everyone. Because I wasn't an athletic kid, but sure. swimming. If look, if I if we'd been amphibious people, right? If we'd lived underwater, I'd have been king of the kids. Do you know what I mean? But you know, some shit rolls downhill, right? Mm. And we lived on land, so yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. If it, and I wish, I, I hope to God, just to teach some of those kids a lesson. You told them that. 
Så der skal jeg sige på det. Så kan du på det, men så er det bare en gang, der er jo... Nej, for I løfter fucking ass. You need to know that. You would be saying that if we had gills. You fucking piece of shit. If we had gills, it'd be a leveler. They'd all be the same. Even now, whenever I go to a swimming pool, the first thing I do is test test how how long under how many lengths I can do underwater. Oh God, you're fucking your poor wife. <laughs> what happened with you and your swimming incident? What happened, bro? So I'm terrible at swimming, right? Right. And and our kids are brilliant because, and I don't often say this, but the Swan, you know, she's very hot at making sure these kids are like properly prepped and you know they've got this yeah, yeah. so they've been doing they she she's been hitting them hard with like she's a really good swimmer she's been hitting them hard with swimming lessons and yeah making sure they practice and stuff like that anyway i didn't realize how far below the sort of required standard of swimming i'd fallen and the other day i said to the kids we're going to do a thing in the pool where we're going to time we're going to do a 10 minute timer and we're going to see how many lengths of the pool that we can do oh no And if any of you beat me, I'll give you a cash prize, right? Oh, God. Anyway, long story short, I'm 200 euros in the hole. I, I got, well, even little Alex beat you? Not only little Alex, mate. Tiny Charlie. Every oh, single one of them beat me. All three of them beat you? Yes, all three of them beat me. Charlie beat me while wearing a life vest. <laughs> oh, man. I mean... You know I, what you should do? Because sometimes... Uh, you can be called by proxy. So about me swimming a mile front crawl because I was about uh, Theo's age then. So he might that might give him a little target of something to do. If you sort of say, "Oh yeah, guess what? My old best buddy, he swam a mile front crawl when he was about your age, Theo." And then what is that supposed to do? <laughs> no, it's just like saying to them that you know it's inspiring probably for them. And I also like it says, oh, you know, even though you can't swim that well, what do you best buds can? Yeah. Well, yeah, well yeah. done, well done, guys. Yeah, and in the future, maybe you can ruin the, a, a morning with your other half by seeing how many lengths you can do underwater when you're a grown up. Okay. Should this is right. Uh... I'm going to throw myself into a real embarrassment. Here. Oh, no. Here we go. But here we're here. <laughs> the, the first year me and Catherine were like together, we went to Portugal on holiday, right? We got Villa. And uh, I thought it'd be really cool to show her my swimming. Because I'd never been near a swimming pool with her. So first, I obviously sort of like did the underwater swimming thing to sort of show uh, how cool I was at swimming underwater. Came out. Uh, she, was, then... she was naked just waiting for you, was she? <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then I, I thought it would be cool to show her how long I could do an underwater handstand. <laughs> and let, can I just double check? You did fee- first meet Catherine when you were 10, yeah? <laughs> I'm there at Pontins. No, I, just, I thought it would be cool. I, I saw the pool there and I was like, I, I regressed to being, you know, king of the pool. I was like, oh, mate, yeah. I can own this shit. Yeah. And what I realised quite quickly when I sort of my head came up from doing like fucking awesome fucking underwater handstand was that uh, actually, in fact, that, um, you know, I uh, also have to choose the word awesome, which makes me want to pull out my teeth. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and, if you, and if you've been embarrassed by what you've said, we know it's bad. Don't we? Yeah, I, I feel very, I feel more, yeah, yeah. 
And actually, weirdly, because I spent so much time under the water on that holiday, I got quite a bad ear infection. Yeah, that's the that's the other thing is is water in the air. Yeah, it's horrible. So irritating, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I've got quite small ear canals, so it's really hard to get. It's the only bit small thing about me, apart from glug of water. Uh, okay, <laughs> do you do some emails? <laughs> Let's do a couple, baby. Okay. Uh, hi, Wolf, Allen Swan. Firstly, thank you for delivering consistently fantastic podcast, which kept me smiling throughout a difficult time. I've decided to start reading those. Yeah. You know? Just thank you. Start, yeah, yeah, read it, read it, read it. I want to stay I've split with my wife after Christmas and recently began to date again. I've met someone lovely. We've had a first date, which is really cool. Here's the problem. In my 20s, before my, I met my wife, I was a bit of a pain in the ass, having a lot of one-night stands and generally being a dickhead. As a result, I have two children outside my marriage, both with different mums, and a total of four children. As you can imagine, my life is complicated and I'm embarrassed about how I behaved. Safe to say I'm no longer that guy. My question is, how and when do I address this with a new date? I really hate telling my story and I don't want to scare her off. Please help. Any advice is appreciated. Thanks for being sweet souls. Anonymous. Anon. It sounds like me and you are two kindred spirits. Obviously, you were you? a bit of a player. Well, yeah, obviously with my swimming and stuff. Oh, I see. Uh, you know, underwater swimming and, again... King and Handstand. Yeah, this um, is very. This story about him sort of getting on with lots of women does really connect with your story of failing to impress one. Sweet, sweet Anon. Um, I'd say uh, in a situation like this, you know, if this woman that you bequeath should become your queen, uh, you should <laughs> you should say to her the truth, you know, because, uh, you know, that guy uh, that you used to be is someone who is almost like a, uh, you know, a man not of the shores that you, uh, you live upon now. Uh, he's a distant memory. And you're a new guy now. So I think it's worth, I think, just saying to her, look, look, I need to tell you this, and I'm not proud of it. Wallop, wallop, wallop. This is a situation I've come through. Honestly, it's the best policy, I think, when it comes to this thing. Uh, do this over a nice meal. Uh, I'm not saying a Pizza Hut buffet. But, you know, something I think not too flash. But, you know, it's a shame Bernie Inns aren't around anymore. But, you know, you know, you get what I'm talking about. TGI Fridays, kind of flex, chiquitos. Uh, sit down there. Um quite a buzzy sort of restaurant imagine um, delivery, getting that news delivered over a fucking chiquitos <laughs> no but I think the more fun and less formal oh, would make I see, it the best right, yeah. if you're yeah. sitting there and you're yeah, in here's, a really here's a good idea go to TGI Fridays right and just before you're about to tell her tell the staff it's her birthday <laughs> yeah that's no so that's actually quite a cool idea because it's quite fun it'll make it like it'll take the tension out of the the, uh, the room so yeah I'd say that would be and on that would be my uh, that would be what I'd be doing, my brother. Uh, good luck. Uh, yeah, good Fly luck. safe. Yeah, um, I would agree with Tom there. Like, like it's, it's very difficult to know whether it's the right, when, when it's the right time to say. I would say earlier the better, but to a point, you know, because that's quite a lot of information. That, that's quite a, it's not a big, it is a big thing, but, you know, saying that on the first day, obviously you're not going to be on your first date, you've been seeing her for a bit. It's a bit weird, isn't it? Because you sort of go, well, why are you telling me this now? We don't know where this is going to go. If, you know better than we do. If, if you're in a thing where it feels like it's moving on to potentially the next level, you do kind of, you do need to tell her because 
from what you said in the email, this is part of your past and you shouldn't be judged on that. Uh, so hopefully she'll be cool with it. If she's not, I know this is difficult, but if she's not cool with it, then it's just not meant to be, man. Like I, I just, you know, there is no result that's a bad one, if you know what I mean. It might feel bad at the time. Like Either she's totally cool with it, you carry on in a relationship, that's great. If she's not cool with it and and you end up breaking up, well, at least you know now. You know, both of those things are positive outcomes. Does that make sense? So, you exactly. know, so I would say, um, yeah, tell her now, tomorrow. I wouldn't say Chiquitos. What are you do- What's Okay, what, what are you doing now? I'm having one of these. Um, what is this? Shout out MGP Nutrition uh, for their new natural peanut energy bar, which is really you've just, nice. You've just been smashing for a protein shake. Mm. I'm hitting up on my proteins going up. Okay, fine. Next email. This is from, let me just see, uh, Keegan. Oh, man, one of my favourite names. Hi, Wolf, for now. My, I, I genuinely think you might not have been aware that that's the first name up until 10 seconds ago when I said it. No, I'm just saying that if Keegan was in a movie that I was writing about my childhood, he would definitely be the lifeguard at the local pool. If he's like the coolest guy on campus. The character name, Keegan, would yeah, be the lifeguard. Yeah. Okay, yeah, fine, fine, fine. Um, my question for you is both to do with your jobs. I work for the National... Oh, this is going to be exciting. I work for the National Governing Body of Table Tennis. Wow. Basically wow. the equivalent of what the FA are for football in England, but for ping pong instead. I'm a schools officer, so most of my job is to go into schools and coach kids how to play table tennis and run events and competitions. I wish someone like you would turn up to my school because it's led to me shitting myself whenever I see a table tennis table at a place so, or a bar. I'm with you on that. Because it's, you just know that someone's going to go, what are you like? And then I have to say, I played it once, I cried afterwards, I've never played again. Yeah. Um, I love my job as I've played the sport all my life, but I find that when I meet new people, they judge me slightly for the work I do. On numerous occasions when I've told someone what my job is, I get a response along the, sides or along the lines of, so you teach pub sport for a living. I think a lot of this te- stems from the lack of importance my job brings to the general public. Some of my close friends work in more essential jobs, such as doctors and lorry drivers, so I feel constantly reminded about how insignificant my job really is. I speculate that both of you may have experienced similar responses from people who have deemed comedy as a non-essential occupation. So my question is this. Have you ever felt when you spoke to someone new about your jobs in comedy that they treat you any differently because of it? And if so, how have you dealt with it? Love the podcast. Always look forward to the next episode coming out. Keep smashing it, Keegan. You yeah, keep Keegan. smashing it, Keegan. Keegan, you, you keep, keep smashing, smashing those smashing balls, it. man. Let me just shout something out, Keegan, right? Okay. When you go and it's Christmas Day and you have your Christmas dinner, yeah? Everyone gets fucking dizzy. Everyone gets crazy about the pigs in blanket. That would be probably the thing that everyone goes most crazy about. Then you're going to go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I had some nice stuff in. I had some sweet, sweet cranberry sauce, some bread sauce, some turkey, some fucking honey rinsed fucking uh, parsnips. People fucking lose their fucking minds, right? But very few people mention the humble sprout, right? But the sprout's an essential part of that meal. And without the sprout, if the sprouts weren't there, you go, oh, shit, we'd have sprouts this year. That's quite a Christmas thing. But people don't big shout out the sprout. And, and that's what society's like sometimes, my brother. Yo, we need the turkey. Yeah, you fucking love your pinks and pigs in blanket. But what makes up a Christmas dinner is all the entities. And if we lose any of them, then, yo, then you know about it. So just keep doing you, bro. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with all of this, apart from the fact that people do talk about Brussels sprouts, and it's mainly so much they fucking hate them. So to, so to use that, 
as an example, is an incredible decision to make. Um, <laughs> I love Brussels sprouts. Yeah, fine. Uh, Keegan, can I tell you something? Um, before I uh, ended up doing like comedy full time and ended up doing uh, like doing telly or whatever, all of my friends, all of my family, thought it was so stupid that I was doing comedy. They weren't. They didn't condemn it, but I, I was. I was going and doing gigs, and admittedly, it wasn't my job then. I was trying to make it, but I, I would. I would miss evenings at the pub to go and do gigs and stuff. They would just go, "What are you doing? Like you're going to mess around or whatever." And and then it was only when like I started ending up doing it like properly that they started going, "All oh, right." They started realizing it was a job. But even now, when I tell my friends I've gone off to do like whatever, they'll go, "Oh my god!" Like that's not. You need to do proper work. Admittedly, I'll be honest with you. I sort of agree with that to a degree, but. The point I'm trying to make is what you do is important. What you do is good. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and part of the reason that your job is so important is because of those comments you're getting. People saying to you stuff like, say you teach a pub sport for a living. That's exactly why what your job's doing is so important. What the job you're doing is so important. Because table tennis is a proper thing. Just think, you might go to a school like it, as part of your work and you might encourage a kid to take up table tennis and they might end up like smashing it at the highest level, or even Olympics. let's not let's not even imagine that let's imagine they don't even do that. Let's imagine that they just end up being able to not be worried about a table tennis table being somewhere and them having a game, or they might join a social club. It might change their social life. They might move to a new area and they've got no friends. And then somebody goes and then they go, "I can play a bit of table tennis." There's a table tennis club, and then they make a whole new circle of friends as a direct result of what you've done. So, what I would say to you, Keegan, is some things aren't as obviously amazing or as obviously as important as other jobs. But what you do is important and, and never, ever forget that. And what I would say to you is you do your table tennis job and you take it to the max. Yo. And Keegan, just think, man, one day, you know, one of the young scholars that you uh, are teaching ping pong, you know, in the distant future starts a podcast with his best pal and turns around and says, oh, actually, I remember winning this in ping pong championship and I smashed more balls than I've ever smashed and then my ping pong teacher came over and fucking put his hands on my shoulders and said well done son well done and that, that memory stayed with me forever yeah Mr. You Bath was, be, he was you... banned he was banned from swimming <laughs> moved on to table tennis and it turns out he nonced his way through that as well <laughs> you could be someone else's Mr. Bath so <laughs> I hope you're not okay good <laughs> keep your uh, bath but... In all seriousness, King, and your job's important. Keep doing it, King. Keep doing it, King. Right, do you want do you want to do one more? Let's do one quick one, yeah. Hi, Wolf Allen Swan. I've been watching King Gary. Congratulations on King Gary, by the way, Tom. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, and I have a question. In the episode where Stuart breaks down in front of Gary, fearing he's a bad father, do you feel your friendship helps or hinders your performance? I was wondering whether knowing each other means you get more emotional seeing your friend upset or if it makes you feel silly. Either way, it was a touching scene. Keep up the great work. You have me unashamedly laughing my ass off on the train. Take care. And that's from Sean, brackets, Water Bear. Oh, wow, Water Bear. I didn't even know there was Water Bears. No, I didn't know that either. Aren't they Sounds little like tiny care things? Care Bears. Let me a care bear. I think they're little tiny things. They're quite cute, maybe. Let me have a look. Water Bear. Water Bear. Oh, my God. What? They're like tiny little things. Let me show you that. Can you see that? Oh, my God. Wow. I Jesus. Know. Oof. Okay, I know. Oof. Why are you calling yourself that, Sean? Sean, come on, you do better than that, mate. 
Um, listen, that scene was, uh, yeah, that's, I think that scene was all about Ramesh just delivering something no. pretty incredible and pretty amazing. It was, uh, I think I'd speak for the whole crew there. I think he took, it, it shocked us all. It was incredible. It was amazing to see. And yeah, I think, I think the whole of the dynamic between Gary and Stuart works because, um, we're as close as we are. And I think we, you trust each other to, you know, to do the best possible job. And you know that the person you're doing with is going to be, um, always bring their A game. Have you had your teeth whitened while you've been away? No. You keep checking them. You've checked them loads today. No. Do you know what? I've got this like, do you know that I told you that I'm getting this Invisalign thing? Are you doing yeah. your braces? Yeah. Thing? Yeah. I've got to do it after the two yeah. jobs I'm doing now. So it keeps, I just put them in and it's just like, feels a bit like. Have you got them in now? Yeah. I'll get mine done after, um, after these two jobs because they both have to need to keep my teeth disgusting for them. So that's a nice thing. Anyway, um, what a pair, Sean. Yeah, it was, uh, and thank you for your kind words about Kingo. It's, it's, uh, I'm very humbled by it. The response has been very nice. So thank you very much. Mm, it has been very nice. I, I, I would say, in answer to your question, Sean, it does help that Tom and I were very close. We weren't giggly at all during that thing, were no, we? No, no, no. That was, yeah. It was as the scene went, actually. It's quite sad. And then Tom and I walked off, and then. Um, well, actually, to be fair, that the whole thing was sort of undermined by the fact that we were working that day with child actors who yeah. really didn't care about the craft as much as we did. No. And it was also undermined by the fact that earlier that day, as has been detailed on this podcast, Tom did one of the most revolting farts <laughs> in a very close space <laughs> that I've, I've ever had the misfortune to fucking experience. <laughs> and then blamed me because apparently my peer pressure made him choose a vegetarian option. <laughs> Uh, the only vegan bully in the world. <laughs> right, Tom. Yeah. Can you... Um, somebody emailed in saying, do you feel a lot of pressure doing these? Because it does require a lot of creativity right at the end of us sort of doing the whole... I mean, is there yeah. any part of you... Somebody said, is there any part of you that regrets setting this standard? Of, no, of, not of really. Doing... I, I, some, I, don't, I don't put too much pressure on them sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Tom, can you... Uh, can you do us the honour of uh, taking us out? Okay. There was a group of people who were walking around who were Jesus all am Christ. amazing at uh, playing different musical instruments. Mm. Uh, they were a group of friends, I guess. Uh, one guy could play the drums amazingly well, and like one guy could play the guitar, and someone else could play the piano. They're amazing. Um, and then there was Sam Serengoski. Sam Sarangoski was a quiet man and uh, everyone said, oh, what is your thing? And he said, oh, I can't play any instruments, but I can whistle. I can whistle any tune in the world. And everyone was like, oh, right, well, we don't really need a whistler here, mate. And he said, well, I could whistle along to the tune that we make. And that, or I could whistle the tune and, you know, you could play along. And they said, look, we don't need a whistler, uh, Sam Sarangoski. Go and make some teas or something. So for a long time, Sam basically became a roadie for this group of musicians that toured the world and um everyone basically just sort of like you know really paid him no heed um and then one day um they were all uh on a boat trip and um the boat started to sink and everyone was shouting and screaming saying oh my god like help us help us like how we could how and sam <laughs> serogoski let out the loudest whistle that you've ever seen. It was a whistle so pure and so so strong 
that the waves and the wind carried it towards the beach and uh, knowing lifeguard and some other people who were also good at swimming and helping boats all ran forward and said oh my god look that boat is sinking uh, just off the shore um you know that we heard the whistle the you know that whistle told us everything that we needed to know that was carried in the wind right so uh, they got a lifeboat and they um they they got out to the lifeboat and they saved the whole the, the group and uh San Saragoski, as they got into came towards shore one of the other bands turned around to him and said listen Sam we've always like looked at your whistle as being a pointless pointless thing but actually when in need of someone to save us, it wasn't the drums or the piano or the guitar that did. It was your humble whistle. So thank you. And we'll never ever look down on your whistle again. And Sam turned around and said, like, just smiled and then just did a little whistle. <laughs> so what the point of that story is, there's no, there's no bad talents, just talents that require a place to be seen. <laughs> that really was beautiful. Thank you. It really was beautiful. Um, what are the rules about plugging our stuff, by the way? Because I'll tell you why. I just want to very quickly say, I just started a Radio 2 show for the love of hip-hop. Please can everyone listen to it? Because... Yeah, uh, let me just quickly just say, by the way, oh, um, no. I had to plug this fucking show uh, on Nikki, chat to Nikki Chapman. They, Radio 2, I was doing an interview about King Gary and said, oh, we can't get hold of Romesh. Are you able to plug his fucking hip-hop show? They didn't say that. They didn't say I swear that. they said that. So halfway through the interview, I'm talking about my show and trying to get a little bit of press. We have to talk about your hip-hop show. By the way, as to which I said that you are releasing an album. Yeah, yeah. let's uh, talk about this actually very quick. I know you've got to go in a sec. But you, you've done this in the past. That's, and it's been reported seriously, and you've not learnt from that, when you said that Jamie Redknapp was releasing a joke book and that you were doing the forward for it. That got reported as news. And now you've gone into Radio 2 and told them that I'm quitting comedy to release a rap album. <laughs> what was, the, re what was the response to that? Well, Nicky Chapman was not so silly by it because you're one of our favourite comedians, evidently, uh, which sort of, yeah, through the whole of the interview, it was very Romesh-led. Um, so yeah, I can tell you now that's four tickets to whenever you're playing. Near yeah, well I can tell. Uh, yeah, but yeah, but I love talking about. Uh, you know what I like talking about when I get because I've had to do press for King Gary, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, and then it was about Gary, about King Gary, and it's just all like. So, what do you think? Why do you think it is that that Tom and James are as good as 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 they are at what they do? And I feel like saying, listen, let me explain something to you. I don't give a fuck about talking <laughs> about those two on air, right? I thought we were talking about specifically my role and what I've done on this series. Yeah? That's how I play it. So it's a bit of a different vibe, do you know what I mean? Kind of ruins yeah, the yeah. interview, burns my bridges with that press opportunity in the future. That's how, that's how I play it. Mate, um, you're a sweet, sweet soul. Oh, this is the other thing, very quickly before we go. Yeah. Sorry, I know this is annoying. In answer to a few emails we've had in, yes, Tom and I still, Tom is coming to my house and we are still doing the, uh, the overnight yeah, yeah, yeah. episode. Yes, we are still doing lives. And Tom, I would love, let, you know what? I miss you, bro. When I come back, let's do a little dinner, little dinner something. Yeah. You got it, baby. And also, uh, um, we are looking at making a Wolf and Our Bill for beer for Christmas. So. We are. We absolutely are. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so if there's any, there's a couple of breweries who got reached out. So if you are that one of those breweries, do it again. What? Mate, so what? I, I've got a... what? What? 
I need to save your numbers. I'm okay, so we're not it. we're not working on it. We're not working on it. Thomas, yeah, no, lost... but we will. Yeah, yeah we'll have, okay. there'll be like a real Christmas twist, like a Brussels sprout beer. Anyway, keep it real. Thank you for listening. I love you all. Love you guys. Bye. If you have a problem, opinion, feedback, or anything at all, please email us at wolfalpod at gmail.com. That's wolfalpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, mainly because we don't have any content ideas. Thank you.